Introducing Minor Wisdom Quintet. Perry Crafton is on this week on Minor Wisdom. Uh, if I sound a little different, it's because I have a little bit of a different setup yet again because we have converted an office and our bedroom into an office. So we have two different spaces in our houses now. Uh, in our houses, plural. <laughs> Look at me. In our house, uh, we have two different spaces uh, because we are going to online teaching for at least the first six weeks. And so long as we, our district is in red, so we're in red alert or whatever that is called, uh, we can teach from our home. If we go out of red, uh, we are going to have to go teach from the school. And also, if I sound a little bit under the weather, I'm not under the weather. Um, every summer I get really horrible allergies so much so that like two or three summers ago I got it so bad that I had walking pneumonia and I felt like such an old man when that happened but uh, that was the case so uh, I apologize I'm, I, I, I feel fine it's just uh, I sound a little bit allergic to some things and yes it's a sensitive time so uh, maybe I'll go get tested I don't know man maybe I will maybe I won't but um, I'm being safe. So I hope everybody else is being safe. I hope uh, those people that are in the southern part of the state of Texas uh, up to the Houston Galveston area were safe from the sort of mild hurricane, if you will, if there is such thing. But we are used to hurricanes over here in these parts. So uh, we know how to take care of those situations with uh, the, the, the winds and the rain and all that kind of stuff. So Enough of that babbling. Again, I've got Perry Crafton on. There's a lot of planning going on right now for theater teachers around the state of Texas. Uh, and Perry is on the uh, TETA board. He's the president, or he, he will be soon. Uh, he's, he's president-elect. And so there's a lot of planning going on with TETA, getting things all settled in for you guys for that. Uh, there's also this week, uh, Thespian, the, the board, will be meeting for their annual retreat to get everything squared away for that. We will have some people in fa in person, some people will be online, a mixture of things. I will be online from the comfort of my new setup, my new office uh, in Houston, Texas, while some of them meet up in Dallas as well. So there's a lot of stuff happening, a lot of balls rolling, if you will, for getting everything squared away for the school year and getting things to be as normal as possible. And really, I think the goal is for everyone to make sure that the kids, the students feel as though they're not getting slighted because something isn't happening the way they're used to. Instead of a used to, you know, things change and adapt and maybe the new will become uh, the, the, the norm and that's okay. I'm going to make a shirt. The new becomes the norm. So anyway, speaking of shirts, um, I'm wearing one. All right. Well, uh, Perry Crafton is coming up next. Uh, I really enjoyed this. He's a high energy guy from Austin Community College and beyond. Uh, that's not the only thing that defines him. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's interview with Mr. Perry Crafton. Well, I have spent the vast majority of my life in West Texas, in the West Texas area. And that's really where it all started. Um, uh, born in Littlefield, Texas, specifically in a hospital there, 
but then moved to Lubbock whenever I was two. I don't remember anything but Lubbock my whole life. Um, uh, my dad is from a very small town called Spur. My mom is from a very small town called Spade. And they just kind of met in the middle and lived in Lubbock. Um, so let's fast forward a whole lot of years to <laughs> a little bit more for your question. Uh, um, I started, I guess I latched on to theater or acting, being on stage, wanting to be on stage whenever I was in about the seventh grade, because that's like, like in most schools, probably still. Um, seventh grade is about where drama education can begin. We can take yeah. drama classes and stuff in school. And um, then, of course, that turned into uh, the one act play contest. And I had absolutely no idea in the world what that was. Uh, even in my freshman year of high school, uh, being in our one act play, I didn't speak a word. Uh, but um, I didn't have a line or anything, but I still really didn't know what it was until, you know, people started getting on stage and getting these awards. And then we, we won quote unquote, and which meant we got to get on the bus again later that week and do the play again. And then slowly, but surely I kind of figured out what this was. And like most people within um, Texas theater, especially Texas theater education, it became my sport. And, uh, and that's what I really loved about it. And I, it, it drew all my focus. It drew all my attention. It fascinates me. And the more I wanted to study drama, became a major in college. It, it, it never stopped. And it still does not cease to fascinate me how you can take something, just, just words exchanged between people on a page that came out of somebody's imagination and those words on that page and those people and their world can be visually realized. It has never ceased to fascinate me. And it still does to this day. I can still read a play and I can just get so involved in the imaginary and the imagination of the, the lives of these people, the world they they're in the, the, the struggles they go through, but it's still just all on the printed page. But then you give a voice to that with a collection of actors and then designers come in the room and they give, they give a physical world to that and clothing to that. And, and then the, the, the lighting to that, it's, it just still never ceases to fascinate me. I still get fascinated in technical cue to cue rehearsals on shows that are my uh, that that I have directed. Cue to cue is still one of my most favorite parts of the rehearsal process, and I know very few directors might say that, but I'm still in uh, uh, the land of of just just captivated yeah. imagination, you know, whenever it comes to that. Um, so, uh, so how I got into education is that. Um, I wanted to be a high school teacher. A lot of people know this about me because I don't, I, I say it often. I intended on being a high school teacher. Um, I wanted to do the one act play contest. I wanted to win. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I just kind of wanted to, to be involved in that. Um, but two things happened. Um, a lot of teachers who are thankfully wiser than me and saw down my road farther than I could see down it, um, 
said, well, that's just great. I think you do fantastic in one act play. Now, what are you going to do in the fall? (laughs) (laughs) And I kind of didn't really have an answer for that because the only reason I wanted to teach high school was to direct one act play. That's the only reason I wanted to do that. And, uh, but then another thing happened that's not theater related, but in my education classes, uh, I went to Sam Houston state university and, um, in my education classes, they started, the teachers started using the word parent instead of teacher. And I went, Mm -hmm. Hmm. I don't really think I want to be anybody's parent. I don't think I don't think that's the right fit for me. So fortunately, those two very large red flags were raised for me early enough on that I was like, but I do want to teach. I know I want to do that. And I know I don't want to leave the world of one act play. I still want to be engaged in it if my career is to be in Texas. And uh, so um, I they pointed me out to graduate school and advised me through that and I got a master of fine arts fortunately uh, from the University of Arizona came back to Texas and the first thing I did was get to TETA and get on the judges list and that was 1997 whenever that happened and uh, so that's kind of how I got that's kind of how my career got to be I guess at its starting point for education um, I spent a couple of years uh, teaching at Ranger College for uh, for two years exactly. Then um, uh, Royal Brantley scooped me up for West Texas A&M for 12 years. And I think that's where most of the people know me from yeah. is from my, my time at West Texas A&M, which, of course, got me back to West Texas. Uh, and um, and then in 2010, then I made the move to Austin and I've been at Austin Community College uh, ever since. So I'm about to start my 10th year uh, there. So that's pretty much kind of how I got to be where I am today in a, in a nutshell, leaving out a, sure. a lot of stuff. Yeah, that, no, that's <laughs> it. That's it. That's every yeah. detail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so and now you're going to you're president elect still, correct? Yes, I'm president-elect of TETA, and I will rotate into the office of president uh, come this, uh, this conference, this convention. Okay. Okay, cool. And and I know that, that you and I have gotten to know each other very loosely yeah. because of TETA. Yes. Uh, yes. Because I'm fortunate enough to be invited to some of those morning meetings uh, uh-huh. because of working with exhibits. And yes, I just kind of right. sit back and uh, let Doc Ivins kind of, you know, uh-huh. lead, lead the meetings. And when, I, when I'm called upon, I fix my shirt and I say, yes, sir, no, sir. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's been a lot of fun. And so that's how you and I kind of cross paths. Um, what is, what is one of the biggest differences culturally for you when it comes to choosing a show that you've had to, uh, kind of shift your mindset from the West Texas A&M side to the Austin and every, you don't even have to be from Texas to know the kind of community that's in Austin. Not everybody knows the community that's at West Texas A&M. Um, so what is kind of the biggest shift that you've had to make when it comes to just kind of creating art well, uh, it's kind of funny. It's it, there really hasn't been a huge shift. I mean, it didn't necessarily change my taste in scripts and what what attracts me to the kind of play that I like. And most people who know me know that I like you know modern American interior realism. Yeah, yeah. I really really like that. Um, but it, so I've got a funny story that will come out on the other side of this. But um, 
But and it's not like we were censored in any way at West Texas A&M. We just had to know our audience. Sure. Yeah. It's just a different community. We had to really know our audience. We had to know our two audiences, our audience of college students and then our audience of general community, which, yes, tended to be older, you know, yeah, tended to be the Sunday matinee crowd. And um, uh, what's funny is that I directed One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest at West Texas A&M. And it, it, it wasn't the language that caused us to get letters. Uh, it wasn't the content that caused us to get any uh, audience letters. It was the smoking. So they'll take the cussing. They just don't want anybody to smoke a cigarette while they cuss. Yeah. And so, <laughs> but then, um, let's see, I did, uh, uh, I think it was Lend Me a Tenor. And um, again, same thing. Um, we didn't get letters for the language. We didn't have people walk out because of the, the, the content. We had people write letters because of the two female characters who are in their underwear. So again, yeah. as long as you are not there doing it or smoking a cigarette, then you should probably be okay. Right. <laughs> but what was interesting about, about that area, that geographical area and in that university is that we did participate in the American College Theater Festival. And so we would do... Uh, warning label on it, then we were okay. Um, just so the audience is new. Uh, but, but what we had to do to be very mindful of is to offset that with titles to make sure that, 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 that within us doing the, the newer plays, the lesser known plays, the original plays that we did the traditional uh, Arthur Miller, we did good, wholesome musicals and things like that. So, so that way we kind of appealed to both audiences, I suppose. Um, I'm not really sure if they are still having to do that now um, since, you know, since I've been gone. I'm sure they're very, st- they're still very aware of it. Um, but I have, I've, I've kind of kept up with the, the season that, that WT has, has come out with over the last several seasons. And, and they're doing some really, really good work, really good scripts. Uh, so maybe that's not a, too much of a concern anymore. But in Austin, of course, that dynamic did change uh, other kinds of plays to the table. Um, but what's funny is that uh, in my second year at ACC, around that time, I wanted to do tape. And uh, so I, so my, as I was reading through the play, of course, it has aggressive language. It's about um, an alleged date rape uh, that happened in high school. And of course, they, they drink beer, they uh, smoke joints, they snort cocaine. And so knowing that now I probably could have done this play at West Texas A&M, I probably, in fact, I think it was, it was done at, at, at West Texas, but it was done by a student. And so, but what's funny is that whenever I took tape into the ACC department chair and I said, I think I want to do this. I think it's, it, it, it's the kind of play I want to do. And I've been, I want to do it for a while. I said, but I need to let you know, it does have drug use. I mean, they do smoke joints and they do snort cocaine. And is that going to be okay? And their response was, what are you going to use for Coke? I went, oh, okay. Well, all right. So I guess we can do this play. I guess we're not worried about that here. (laughs) Yeah, so nah, we're not worried about that. (laughs) Now, like I said, it still hasn't really changed my my taste 
in place. But what I will say is that, and I, I, I still uh, really have a heart for the known titles, the known playwrights, the, the, the ones that, that got us to where we are yeah. today in theater. But it's nice to know that basically if I read a play and I connect with it and I like it and I can see our students doing it, then I can bring it to the table and it will be done. I think that could have also been said for West Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. I don't want anybody who may be listening to this sure. right now think that they can't do that. Right. I know they can. It's just that it's it's there were some times whenever I felt like a play that I connected to um, and, and wanted to do and I could see students doing it. I still felt like it might have been a little bit too much for the audiences. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't know if, if, if West Texas A&M audiences, how this will be received. Yeah. You know? um, so maybe that was just my hang up. Maybe I would sure. have encountered a problem. I doubt if I would have encountered a problem. But th- but that's kind of the that's 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 the nicest uh, that's the nicest thing about about here. Did you ever did you ever get that feel? You know, when you're a kid and you watch that first like kissing scene with your parents, and you don't know how they're going to react, and you kind of look over and you know they're wondering if they're going to cover your eye, or you, you know you're wondering if they're going to cover your eyes. Is that kind of how you felt with the West Texas, uh, some of the older crowd? And I and I ask that only because with right. my with my background. Uh, when when I was in my touring days, uh, the crowds that came to Straight No Chaser shows uh-huh. were typically older, and yeah. uh, uh, so they would sometimes there would be some embarrassing moments that see, that these ten guys would kind of put out there, yeah. and and I you know I would just look over at people and be like, I feel like I'm with my grandparents right now, like like you know like I'm kind of embarrassed to just be in this room because I don't know how they yeah, feel. There were, there were times where that happened, yeah. and, you know. And, and appropriately enough, it was usually on Sunday matinees. Yeah. Well, yeah. I can't stand matinees to yeah. tell you the truth. Yeah. You know, I just, I never liked performing in them in college, you know, it's different energy. Uh, I mean, my gosh, it was, it was, it was the hangover performance. Yeah. You know, it, you, it, you always closed on a matinee too. And that final little memory of that play was just so it yeah. wasn't your best, you know? And so our crowds were very small at that time. This amount of change by now, 10 years is a long time. Yeah. Um, uh, but at that time, our Sunday crowds were very small. I mean, even whenever you require students to see a play yeah. and write a paper over it, we'd always call closing days procrastination Sundays. <laughs> and uh, but even then, we were we weren't getting the crowds at that time. And so I actually lobbied to not do away with the matinee entirely, but to kind of pick and choose when we. If we're going to do, uh, a, you know, a very popular Tennessee Williams right. play, we need to end the matinee. But those, 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 certain just, just for some of those reasons. But what's interesting about Austin is that Sunday, that is a very popular day sure. for all audiences of all age groups to come see plays. Uh. Um, we have our largest audiences and yes, some of them are students. So along the procrastination Sunday lines, but still, even in the general Austin community, we see our, we, we, we can see some of our larger audiences on Sunday. So we do still have matinees uh, here at, in, at ACC. And I don't think we're going to do away with them. Uh, but it's just, it's interesting. What do you attribute? You know, Austin's more open to see theater, of course. Yeah. What do you, I mean, is that what you attribute it to? It's just there, there's just a larger kind of thirst for it. 
Yeah, I think so. I think I think so. And there's there's just a whole lot of it. Here, yeah, obviously, there's yeah. a lot of it. Um, and so that that may be a lot of what I will attribute it to. And people will leave their house to see something that they they that they don't know. They they want something new. They want to see what uh, a new title, a, sure. a new playwright, something like that. So so yeah, Austin's really good that way. They're very loyal that way. Yeah. So yeah. now, now we're recording this a few weeks before it comes out. So the answer to this question could easily change by the time this podcast becomes sure, public. Yeah, 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 that yeah. said, uh, are there some unique, interesting ways that you guys are trying to approach the next school year with uh, performances and with entertaining th- those crowds and not losing them? Yeah, we're still talking about that. I think that we... At least as, as of today, I think that we've pretty much taken our fall productions off the calendar, off the table. I just don't think we're going to mess with it. And that is somewhat COVID related, but, but ACC is in an exciting time because we are getting new facilities. And so, um, uh, and, and so the construction of that, we've had to wait on that. Yeah. It, the construction did get behind just because A, construction gets behind and B, the virus yeah. kind of made construction get behind as well. But I think that we're going to be able to move in during the fall semester. So we should be able to salvage uh, a couple of spring productions. Good. So, uh, so we hope to go back live uh, in the spring. Um, I've noticed just recently, and maybe I've been under a rock, but, uh, <laughs> but I've only just recently noticed that some theater companies and schools are actually going to rehearse and perform live without an audience right. to video and then stream. We have not yet talked about that. Yeah. Um, we have talked about perhaps uh, monologue showcases yeah. or things like that, that can be on Facebook live or zoom or something to give. Yes, it would be to give our audiences, uh, still letting them know that we're still present, but really like most theater programs, I'm sure Blake, it's going to be because of the yeah. students need that outlet. Yeah. They, they really are just going to need that performance outlet. Yeah. So. And yeah, it's one of those interesting things is, is, uh, you know, there's, I guess more recently, intimacy coaching has been a more mm-hmm. popular type of yeah. uh, directing or, or at least a new uh, kind of uh, line item in the program mm-hmm. as an intimacy right, yeah. coach, whereas before it was just the director. Now it's a specialized person yeah. that that alone is just changing, too, Yeah. Uh, yes. because how do you coach that? How do you even do a show that involves two actors that have to get near each other. Yeah, uh, so it'll be interesting to see how it goes, yeah, but yeah. Uh, I think we're all in that boat together. Uh, yeah. So and fortunately, fortunately we're creative. <laughs> yes. Fortunately. Most so of us. Every single person <laughs> I hope listening yeah. to this has yeah. that knows that they have that going for them. We're, I, we're I saw, I saw something today pop up and I, and I, uh, you know, Facebook is weird because when you think something, uh, for some reason, Facebook knows that you're thinking of it. Yes. You don't even have to say it out loud. Yes. Um, it's really crazy. But anyway, there's this, uh, oh man, it's, it's kind of like a bubble, but it's more like a cylinder that mm. you put your body in and it keeps you all protected. And that's, <laughs> that's what popped up on a, uh, and it popped up on a few teachers, uh, pages yeah. cause they would post about it. But yeah. there, I guess there are a lot of teachers that are trying to figure out ways to, keep themselves protected <laughs> with still having a face-to-face interaction. So yeah, exactly. uh, it'll be, you know, it'll be fun. But again, once, once this thing comes out, no telling what TEA or what anybody, you know, what our governor, governor says, uh, yeah. 
by that time. So let's flip to some fun things. So were you ever uh, an athlete in high school or uh, even before that? No, never was. Did you have an interest? T-ball, just that standard. That's hardly anything. (laughs) No, I never was. Uh, uh, I didn't really have a liking to it. And that had, that had a whole lot to do with the, the specific you know, circumstances at my high school. Sure. Still, I just never really had a so did, or a liking to it. Did the one act play world teach you how to be a team player? Yes. Okay. Yes, it, it did. And then of course, along with that, at, at most Texas schools and especially the smaller ones, well then, you know, speech goes along with it. Yeah. And so I did prose interpretation. That was my event in, yeah. in, in high school for speech. And, uh, and so that also taught me, you know, how to, how to be competitive um, uh, and, and then when I play, of course, you being a team player, you know, all of that stuff. So all of those principles of, of the spirit of competition and all of that stuff, those were taught to me specifically in the theater program, a little bit in band as well. Cause I was in band okay. too. And I mean, we started out in my early years of school, we were terrible. And then, then we got a new director midway through my high school career, and then we became quite good. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. What'd you play? I went, to, I went to Lubbock Cooper High School, okay. by the way. And I, I say this is my joke all the time, <laughs> is that I went to Lubbock Cooper whenever they were poor and lost. And now they're rich and they win. <laughs> because Lubbock is yeah. growing south. So yeah. all of the tax dollars are pouring into the Cooper School District. Sure. So, yeah. What, what yeah. did you play? Uh, in, in band? Yeah. A, a trumpet. Okay. Yeah. Can you still play or no? I don't think so. Yeah. Dude. You lose I, the lips. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. I, I still remember the, 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 the valve finger positions for yeah. the fight song and maybe even the national anthem, but dude, <laughs> it's about like an air. Do you own, trumpet. do you own a trumpet? <laughs> I did. I had my high school trumpet yeah. for a long time, but I only recently, uh, the, I only recently donated it. Okay. Only yeah. recently though. Yeah, my my grandfather played the trumpet and uh, uh, started smoking cigars when he was sixteen, so that he could yeah. look older yeah. to get into yeah. jazz bars. Yeah. And I, I have his trumpet yeah. stored away, uh, but sweet. I am no musician. But yeah, trumpets yeah. are. Uh, you know, he he played for for a while, but uh, yeah, that's a that's an that's one of those ones that's deceivingly uh, difficult to play because of its. Uh, you know, it's only got three valves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. <laughs> but. It's, yeah, that's why I joke that I'll airplay the trumpet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. Anybody can do that. Uh, well, that's fun. What uh, What is the most proud one act play that you were a part of in high school? Oh man, well, you know, I think it would have to be the last one. Uh, my the, the in my senior year, I was fortunate enough to go to state twice. Okay. Um, in my four years of doing one act play, my sophomore year which would have been 87 and then my senior year, which would have been, uh, 1989. I'm I'm uh, glad you didn't say like 1992 to to imply (laughs) that you were held back a few years, but anyway, continue. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So now now everybody can calculate. Yeah. So 89. uh, Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, uh, and I, I guess it was that one and it's not because we succeeded the most, you know, we, we got a second place that year at state. So it was the play that was, you know, by, by the luck of the crapshoot of the one act play and, you yeah. know, all of that stuff, then, then I think it, it's not because it won the most, um, quote unquote, yeah. it was because we overcame the most. 
You know, I mean, we didn't really have any expectations. Zilch, my senior, my sophomore year, the first time the school went to state. It wasn't the first time the school went to state. It was the first time the school had gone to state in a while. So nobody in recent, you know, the recent alumni remember or were a part of a state qualifying when I play company. And so it was the first time, and the directors, Jay and Pam Brown, they had been there for a while, uh, and, and they hadn't been to state in a while. They were the only directors who had ever taken uh, Cooper to state, and they were still there kind of waiting to get back. And um, so in 1987, we were fortunate enough to be able to do that, but man, the occasion just got the best of us yeah. you know i know nowadays there's ranking but back then there was not ranking but we knew that if there was an eighth place we got it that year <laughs> we just knew uh but i think that that and so we had higher hopes going into the next year but you know again uh luck of the draw and the judges and things like that we didn't get out of area but then uh, senior year, we did get back to state and we got second place, like I said. But I think the reason that it was the proudest, it was because it was we overcame the most. Mm -hmm. We we all we were set on getting back. Um, we knew we could and we did. And then we, when we got there, we knew we could come into the top three. Yeah. We knew we could, and we didn't know the other seven plays, but we didn't need to. We knew we could because we were just that gelled and that tight of a group. Yeah. And so I think that that was the proudest moment. Yeah. yeah with, so. with one act play now, do you ever see you up there? Like when you go, <laughs> when you go see shows, you know, sometimes I do. Yeah. I really, I really do. Especially whenever state was at bass. Yeah. You know, sure. and, and I know, you know, a lot of people have performed on that stage and I know a lot of people haven't at yeah. the same time, but once you've done it, then you just remember, you remember it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I see myself up there. Yeah. yeah. Do you, do you think that one part of your decision to come to Austin was based on kind of your memories of, of being at one act play when you were in high school? Do you think that well, kind of no. helped? Well, not specifically, just because, um, uh, you know, personal reasons are what really prompted the move to Austin. Yeah. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't that I had applied for nostalgia. ACC and got the job. Yeah. In <laughs> yeah. fact, my first year in Austin, I didn't teach at all. Okay. So, so I kind of left West Texas to come here, you know, for, for personal reasons, not private reasons, right. just personal reasons. Sure. And, um, and, uh, but I will say that, that, um, I have always wanted to live here. Right. And so when I was here in my first year and that first state had rolled around and I was able to just get in my car and go yeah. to it and not have to drive seven hours <laughs> to see it and not have to, what was really weird is I wouldn't have to stay in a hotel. That was yeah. really, you know, um, it, but, but to have that, that, you know, I mean, just like all, there's a whole lot in Austin that's just in your backyard, but you know, whenever you're like looking at in the one act play world, well, that's just another thing that's in your backyard, yeah. you know, and that, that you, you feel you, there was a little bit more of a connection, uh, to it, you right. know, that, that again, that I felt like I was, uh, very, very lucky, very blessed to be able to, to be here right. and to be close, closer to it, um, to participate in it in different ways. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, I was, I was, a uh, Luis made me, um, uh, 
David Stevens contest manager assistant for the lower conferences at Nicola one year. And so now I got to experience it all backstage and I got to see what the companies went through through a whole entire, like, you know, 28 hour day of of one act play. And I got to experience it on the backstage end. And dude, that was fascinating. That, that, that thing is a freaking machine. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I got to, uh, a couple of years I did the faculty crew and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, seeing it from that perspective was, yeah. uh, opening. It also helped me as an educator, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. because you get, you know, I'm taking notes about how yeah. some of these directors are, are some very militaristic with their yeah. approach and then <laughs> yes. some not at all. So, you know, some I, 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 that's the, my, that was my, yeah. uh, uh, introduction to, uh, Oh my gosh! Why am I forgetting her name? Uh, cardboard. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm blanking right now. Old age. Uh, you know, at 38 years old. But uh, uh, what is? Did Did you disappoint your family when you did not go to tech? No. Okay. I don't think I did. Mandy Connor, by the way. Anyway, so oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I don't think I did. Okay. Um, because my parents were, uh, they were, they were pretty supportive of what I wanted to do. And getting a college education was the The single most important thing. Now did, might they have had some other ideas of subjects for me to major in? (laughs) Oh, most assuredly. So theater was not anything that, 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 uh, they would have selected at all. Right. Um, <laughs> but, but the college education was very, very, very important. So with, with them seeing that I had latched onto this, with them seeing that I was serious about it, with them seeing that I was getting scholarships from it yeah, and um, that it could pave the way for me to get my college education, whether or not they thought I was going to make a career out of it or continue to pursue it. Mm-hmm they knew that it was my ticket to college. Now I think college would have been, you know, they, they would have afforded college for me and my sister anyway, it would not have mattered. But I think that my, my mother especially knew that I was going to leave. She knew I was not going to stay in Lubbock. She knew that I didn't even have to tell her that it wasn't even like a junior or senior year thing that she saw. I think she knew that I was going to be a little bit more independent whenever I was three, you know, <laughs> now sure. I don't know if she knew I was going to leave to go to school when I was three, but, but she, she saw that about me. Yeah. And I remember her saying that too. Um, but, uh, but no, I did, I didn't want to stay in Lubbock. I wanted to, I mean, <laughs> okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to tell you where I went to school and I already told you one place, yeah. but I did start out at a, at a, at a junior college as well. But for me to say, I wanted to get out of Lubbock and see the world. Well, <laughs> when people say phrases like that, then they like, if they're going to stay in Texas, then they want to hit Dallas right. or Austin or the big time. I chose Tyler, Texas <laughs> to see the world yeah. at Tyler junior college. And it really was one of the best decisions I've ever made. Uh, not just to leave Lubbock, but that school period yeah. uh, was one of the best decisions I ever made. Um, David Crawford's still on faculty there and, and, uh, it's, it was, it was a fantastic place. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, and then went to Sam Houston. So Huntsville. So now I'm still seeing yep. the world. Still, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm still seeing the big world, but, uh, but, but for me, it was really more about just getting out on my own. Right. I was never really attracted to 
you know, like an LA or a New York, I never really was attracted to going out and, and trying to make it professional. Right. Now, my MFA program at the University of Arizona in Tucson was a professional actor training program. And uh, and a lot of my classmates um, have had New York and L.A. and Chicago ambitions, mm -hmm. and many of them have fulfilled those ambitions. Uh, I see a lot of my classmates um, pop up on commercials and television shows and movies and things like sure. that, you know. Uh, so it's kind of interesting to watch television because out of nowhere, somebody I know is going to pop up, which is nice. And I'm starting to see some former students pop up on television. And I will tell you that is particularly yeah. nice. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, but I just kind of wanted to be out on my own, you know, right. I wanna, I, that's really what was more important to me than anything is getting out there and doing this on my own by myself right. and, and, and finding my way through it. Sure. And fortunately I had very, very supportive parents, very supportive parents for, to get that college education. And they, 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 they paid every dime in order for that to happen. Sure. Yeah. So. Now, and, and I've got a couple more questions. I don't want to keep you too long. Cause I know you are uh, a busy man, even in, yeah. in your COVID gear. Um, <laughs> sure, yeah. next, that next yeah. Netflix series starts in five yeah, minutes. Right. I know, right? So, uh, but <clears throat> that's funny. What are you watching right now? Are oh, you watching dude, anything? Okay. My wife and I, we are all about crime shows. We okay. just watch yeah. true crime, like all of the okay. place. You Dexter? Know? Yeah. The show Dexter? true crime, but also all the, all the, the genre. Yeah. yeah. True crime. Yeah. That's really kind of what, that, that's what we're about. Yeah. Dexter is on my list. I haven't watched it yet. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'm a crime person too. But yeah. so, you, so one thing I noticed is you, you went to, uh, the home of the bear cats, uh, and then the home of the wild cats. Uh, right. So you went to, I yes. don't know what Tyler's uh, Apaches at the time. Well, I think they're still the Apaches. Yeah. The Apache cats. Well, just for sake yeah. of, of <laughs> okay. themes right now. Yeah, sure. But uh, did, was Maureen Mack at, at Sam when you were there? Yes, she was. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so that's yes, crazy. Yes, she was. Yeah, Car Carolyn Boone is my Maureen Mack now because uh, uh, Carolyn Boone has been, you know, was at UH for just uh -huh. ever. Uh, uh -huh. And then McIntyre was at Sam for ever. My wife is yeah. a Sam grad, so... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I spent a semester at Sam. Uh -huh. Sam was my Tyler Community College for okay, me, right, like, cool. you know, in our comparison. But um, that's funny. You know, she was a, such an influence to so many people mm -hmm. in good yeah. ways and in bad. But, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. it was it's such an interesting story. Uh, yeah. But I digress about that. What what is it about Arizona that made you go there? Was it the program? Did you had you applied to a few places or no? Well, um, interestingly enough, uh, so I, I have to answer that question by backing up a little bit. Sure. So fortunately, you know, I mean, I was introduced to TETA. This is going to sound like a TETA plug-in, I guess. You're allowed to. Take you're, it for you're, you're kind of allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> I um, was introduced to TETA through my high school directors. In fact, the, the, the only convention that was ever held or will ever be held in Lubbock I was at I was in high school for so I was a student worker at that okay. convention, and so it, now it wasn't at this Lubbock convention that this happened. But when I became a senior, then I think I went to the auditions um, in San Antonio. I think that was the year uh, that I graduated, or I was ready to go through TET auditions. And um, and uh, uh, so Tyler was one of like three schools to call me back, and then uh, so I went there. They gave me a scholarship, and I went there. Um, and then two years later, I go back to TET auditions and Sam Houston, along with another couple of conservatories, call me back. Well, I go to Sam Houston. 
you know? And so now I'm answering your question. You can probably know what the answer is. Yeah, right. I go to Erda auditions uh, <laughs> in my senior year at Sam Houston. And whenever I get there, University of Arizona was the only one that gave me an interview. Yeah. But dude, I passed that screening. So at least I got to the schools, you yeah. know, I passed the freaking screening. And I think that that was like one of the most, like, I keep forgetting about that one. If, if you were to ask me and please don't, but if you were to <laughs> ask me by my top 10 uh, accomplishments of my whole entire life, I think getting out of Erda screening right. has got to be in on that on list. That, list. <laughs> that, was, that was not easy. It was intimidatingly terrifying, Yeah. but Hey, I got through it and I got to see the schools in Arizona um, interviewed me and, yeah. uh, I, I, I did check out their program and, um, and yes, and I did get, you know, a fellowship and a te teaching right. assistantship uh, to go there. So, so to answer your question, the reason I kind of picked the schools that I went to is because they're the ones that gave me a scholarship. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. They, they I mean, picked you. Yeah. I mean, we only had the internet back then, <laughs> then I could have, you know, researched the schools a little bit better. I probably still would have picked them, but at yeah. least, you know, I, we, you know, it's just, it's just different now. You can examine an entire school yeah. from your, your. And Arizona's uh, no slouch uh, by any means. Right. So, oh yeah. 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 The fantastic, yeah. fantastic program out there. Yeah. Amazing. And yeah. one of the things I like about Arizona's uh, is proximity to uh, now, you know, you might say, well, yeah, it's, it's still a drive to get to Texas, but it's rather close to Texas. You just yeah, got yeah, to gotta get through the newer Mexico. Uh, yeah, and then one of my best friends in the world was going to school at UTEP. Yeah. So I would just stop yeah, at El far. Paso, which is weird because it was halfway. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. <laughs> weird. I know. <laughs> and, uh, but, but I would, you know, I'd stay with him. And, and then, so, yeah. so at least I had a, I had a, a way to break. break Did you ever make your Arizona, way? Dude, I went into, now Tyler and Sam gave me, a great education. They yeah. really did. You know, I, I don't regret an ounce of it, but, but it wasn't, but if, but I think that my advice is whenever I would, I would tell my, my seniors who were wanting to get into MFA programs, you know, coming out of West Texas A&M. And as I was coaching them to, to shoot for, shoot as high as you can in those MFA programs, cause you never know, you just never, never yeah. know. But, but, uh, they were talking to me about, well, do you know the quality of this program, the quality of that program? And no, I don't. But yeah. what I do know is this, the, the best thing that Arizona did, their training was so rigorous and it was, it was, it was so intense that it made me question how important is this master's degree? Sure. You know, like, Oh man, I don't know if I can make it all that stuff. So really I got to reevaluate how important this is. And no, it is very important. Yeah. And if you are getting into a grad program in which you kind of breeze through it, yeah, you'll get the piece of paper that has a master's degree on it. But what, what happened to me is that I, I, I felt I had gaps in my process, dude, I didn't even know I had a process, <laughs> but but everybody has a process. And so, but I, I knew I had gaps in that process and Arizona, th those, those professors, they exposed them, they exposed my habits and they started filling in those gaps. Sure. Well, they started teaching me how to fill in those gaps. You know, they started teaching me how to recognize that in my own process and to, and to equip me with the tools to fill in those gaps myself. Right. So one of the things that I, that people that know me know that I love acting coaching the most. Mm -hmm. It is the single most 
valuable and fun and rewarding thing that I do. I'm, I'm in my element and the world just goes away right. whenever it is me and that other actor. I mean, it just fades away. It evaporates. Yeah. I lose all awareness of time whenever I really get into that element. And, but, but that's what I kind of want to pass on is that if I'm with a kid in a clinic for 15 minutes, or if I have a student in my class for 15 weeks, I, I want to try my very best to give to them those lessons and equip them with those tools that I was equipped with in that graduate program. That's really what I want to do, you know, and through that, that, that student realizes that they're better than they thought. They're more, they, they have more creativity and more imagination at their availability than they thought. And that they can even recognize more of their own value as a human being right. because as they work this character who is struggling to find their own value, you know, so that's what I love. That's yeah. what I love. When and did so, you, when did you figure that out? At West Texas A&M. Okay. Whenever I was in my, my second year there and I didn't, I didn't start out to be an acting coach. I didn't really, you know, you don't go to school to learn how to be an acting coach, but, but you, it's just something that, that kind of came to me through how I was interacting with coaching sure. my students. I just wanted to teach classes in direct plays. That's what I thought I wanted to do. But mm. if you were to like shred all of that down, and if I could take any single aspect of what I do in all the facets that drama people have in their career, and I could make a good, decent, comfortable living off of one thing, I will take acting coaching any day of the week. Mm. Well, that's good to yeah. know. That's, that's yeah. why you're here. Yeah, it's uh, so what I love, it's what I love the most. I want to wrap up on this question okay. and hopefully, hopefully my dog stop. I keep looking over because okay. I keep seeing my daughter in the window in her uh, full yellow power Rangers outfit outside <laughs> doing something. And I don't know yeah. what it is, but yeah. it's a hundred degrees and she's in yeah. this long anyway. Uh, <laughs> but I want to wrap up on this. So there, there, for some reason, there are students that listen to this podcast, uh, former students of mine, students mm -hmm. of other teachers. That isn't mm -hmm. the, the audience that I necessarily thought I was going to get, but it's an audience that I ended up getting. So I want to ask yeah. you this. At a community college, mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure you have some kids that have some resentment because they feel they should be going to you know, UT or uh, a, a university. Right, sure. What do you tell the kids that, that the first year, first two years, they don't get where they want to go, uh, but they they eventually uh, embrace and find value in where they are. What do you tell the kid that is just kind of not allowing that to happen or, or not necessarily embracing or down on themselves because, oh my gosh, here I am at a community college doing what I want to do, but it's not where I want to yeah. be. Does that make sense? But, but it's, it's, it's not, yeah, it's not in the, the context necessarily of, of how they wanted to do it. Um, so yeah, I get that. And I get those students from time to time. Um, I'm sure other community colleges get this just a little bit more than Austin, not just because we're Austin. It's just because to my surprise, um, and maybe it shouldn't be to my surprise, but it was much to my surprise. Whenever I would talk to a typical freshman class of actors at ACC, 
I would ask them about the one at play contests and how many of them did that in high school. And I didn't get very many hands. Yeah. So not a lot of kids are coming to ACC out of high schools or out of one act play programs. Um, but we do get kids that, that do come into our department, whether or not they're drama majors, it doesn't matter, but they do have other ambitions. They, they wanted UT, but something happened in their paperwork or in their audition sure. that, that made them come to ACC to start with. But frustrated, or if they're particularly kind of down on themselves, I'll pull them into my office and I'll kind of talk to them about what their goals are. I mean, you can imagine these conversations happen probably quite a bit. Um, and I'll just kind of talk to them about what their goals are. What do they expect? What they, where, where did they think they were going to be? How did they imagine that going, you know? And then, um, so then of course I'll talk about training, you know, and, and, and it's about the training that you receive and, and that I, I, I know that if they just, if they open their self up to it, then they will know that they're. About the foundation and the groundwork there. Now I'm going to continue to help them to get to that goal of getting into a major universities program. I'm going to do everything I can to help them out to do that. But I also tell them that maybe it's time to really take a look at something that's bigger and broader for yourself. You know, you're, I know that you might want to go to a school like a UT Austin because of the name, because of the tradition, because of, of, of all of the notoriety that goes along with it. And there's nothing in the world wrong with that. Uh, it's just that look at what, what you want to do and where you want to go with, with you, not the physical institution of where you want to go, but look at where you want your life to go. What is it that you see yourself doing? Now, let me help you find another school that is going to help you continue that. Let me give you the best of what I can give you here in the time that I've got you at ACC or a school like ACC. But now let's keep talking and let's think bigger and broader. And let's, let, if you need to stay in Texas, we'll help you stay in Texas. But there's a lot of universities in Texas, a lot of them. Yeah. And a lot of them have incredible theater training. But now you're talking about faculty and student relations and the kind of, of, of program that they have. And are you going to fit, you know, in that program? Right. And so fortunately, I still feel like I am connected enough to the universities in Texas and enough of the programs and the faculty there, especially to where I can, I can know that this particular kid who's frustrated right now, is going to find a flourishing training program and acting or theater career at this school they never even really ever thought about, right. you know? And if you can try to try to, to alter that mindset just a little bit, that does tend to help yeah. uh, just to see, just, just to have them look, look, look at a broader, well, I mentioned earlier, I, I, I was fortunate enough to have people that looked farther down my road yeah. than I could see. Well, now I think that that's kind of my job yeah. is to look farther down their road than they can see right now. Minor wisdom.